0: Hey everyone, welcome to the conversation, it's Outspoken Opinionated, of course I am your host, Edwin Meyer, we are here for a beautiful Thursday in celebration of National Women's History Month, we're also celebrating, I'm celebrating Everyday International Women's Day, so you guys already know, have you guys realized that we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? So if you are not subscribed, we're asking you to go to Spotify, search "Deconversation," Conversation, Outspoken Opinionated, you will find us. The conversation on Spotify. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, the conversation. I'll speak an opinionated. And so we're asking you to go to our platforms to like us, to comment, to leave some reviews. It's been great. We've been having some great conversations. So, of course, we told you guys we are still celebrating. Of course, it's the the month we're still celebrating um, National Women's History Month. Uh, We are still doing this. We're asking you guys to go out. If you haven't gone out, if you haven't gone to Amazon, try and get the Warrior Women's Project. It's amazing. It's a great book. It's um, a book of 21, actually, immigrant women that tell us the stories on the first some in America, whatever they went through and how they overcame. Because the majority of these women in here are either PhD or they're MDs. Um, so there are this, they're, they're, they're super women, and so that's what we're doing. Also during this month, we are celebrating Black women all across all across the globe. And I have a Black woman um, who uh, um, runs her own company. is some accessories company. It's called D's Doubles and Company. She uh, provides afrocentric and eurocentric uh, um, accessories it's a one-stop shop so go to thesedoubles.com um, um, you can also you can order stuff you can go ahead and get some good stuff she has some amazing stuff I don't know if you guys can see this but this bracelet is from these and bubbles and companies and that just super dope we are here celebrating black women okay so go out and get it so let's talk about what's happening today we are having a conversation with somebody who I think is extremely dope um, I mean, I went on her website, I follow her, you know I'm a stalker anyway, so once I see I just start like following them, reading about them, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, that's what I've been doing all week, I'm like, ah, oh, can't do this, but today we're having a really great conversation. I believe it's a follow-up from the first conversation that was started off this month, and so this conversation is, is basically called on and on Narrate, um, so let's get into it. So I'm going to bring in my guest, Madam Keturah Kendrick welcome to the conversation
1: thank you so much thank you for inviting me
0: to the conversation so glad that you're here this is so great and i told the people i'm they all know i'm a stalker all my watch viewers know i'm a stalker i stalk people like i want you on my show i would like dm you facebook you i will do everything to get you so i want to say thank you so much on the invitation but if you can just tell the people who you are what you
1: do and that would be great sure um Again, thank you, Edwin, for inviting me. I can't wait to have this conversation. My name is Victoria Kendrick, as Edwin said. I am the author of No Thanks, The Last Female and Living in the Market-Free-Zone. And that title and that book kind of in one, one succeed title explains who I am and what I do. Um, I consider myself a free black woman, and as a free black woman, One of my main goals, since I was probably in my late teens and early twenties, so I didn't have a language for it then, one of my main goals was to always be on the road to self-ownership, to owning myself and my life and being the protagonist of my life. So in my book and also in articles I have written for many outlets, I always examine this idea of women who happen to wear black skin, what the journey is like to own oneself, and to be solid in one's ownership and one's choices. So I'm a writer, I'm a traveler, I'm a speaker, I'm an educator. I was professionally um, trained classroom and teacher up until about the pandemic, essentially. And now I educate in many different other ways. Um, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome, amazing.
0: And I think your works, um, the works that you've done speaks for themselves, your book, all your other publications, they're just, they're amazing. And so I had the opportunity to read the article on married and on black women who prefer autonomy over marriage. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Let's have this conversation. Cause I also, I always have these conversations in my head. And my question is, why is it that when a woman say that she doesn't want to get married, people have questions. Why can it be? Okay.
1: That's an excellent question, and I've asked myself that question each time I have said in my life I don't want to get married. I think I think people are confused because marriage is often framed, especially for women, especially for black women, it is framed as a prize. It is framed as the most concrete and consistent evidence that you are worthy of love. And if you are a heterosexual black woman, especially in these United States, it is framed as proof that you are not one of those black women, the ones that find it hard to find a man because you too much of this or too little of that. Now, in the history of marriage, I think it was a prize. A hundred years ago, if I was not chosen by a man, I would either be probably a prostitute or a burden to my parents until I died.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, given the fact that we are in a modern era where the prize and the very practical benefits of of having a man choose you because once you left your parents' house, that was the only place for you to go was to your husband's house. Given that that's the history of it, I think now that we're in a more modern era when for many women who are educated, who are strong-willed, who even have very fulfilling romantic lives outside of marriage, telling someone that you don't see this institution as a prize it still seems curious because i still think in many people's psyche if you don't spend your youth in constant anxiety and quest for this prize then clearly you were not i mean you were not programmed correctly something is 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 a bit wrong and oftentimes Men, people assume, especially men. People, people assume that you are lying, that you don't really mean that, that you can just you know go ahead and admit it. You know you want one, the one wants you. Um, so I think it's confusing to people because of the reality of this is a very modern time, and for the first time in our in our world's history, marriage truly is not a necessity for a woman to just live an adult life. And I think when modern women say. I truly don't see marriage as a prize and I prefer to be unmarried. There's a belief that that cannot be possible because of that psyche of what marriage at one point truly was.
0: So can I also say that I believe that I think people are conditioned to asserting truth so I would look at it in the sense why I feel that we were born, we were raised. You see your aunties, your uncles, your parents to get married. That's a, a, that's that's what happened. And so when you find you meet somebody, and I have like I've had a conversation. I have a friend who she doesn't want to get married. She doesn't want to marry, She doesn't want to have kids. She enjoys her life. And we have these deep conversations because I ask her all the time, How are you able to? deal with this knowing that at the end of the day, there is a possibility where you're going to be alone. And I see it in the sense where I feel it's like, you know, I think that's everybody's worst fear. Oh my God, I'm going to be alone. So I don't know if we can touch on that, you know, just talk about that. It's, you know, what is it? Is it a
1: thing? You know, people, I think people, most people are afraid to be alone. Oh, most definitely. That um I think it's a pretty obvious um belief system comes into play most recently. I don't know if you were following the most recent Twitter drama when um Jason Lamore went back to Lisa Bonet. They split up. Yes. Yeah, they split, split up, yeah. Split up. Like, oh my god. And then like a month later, Jason came back to the apartment. What I saw on or the house, I apartment, they definitely don't have an apartment. They probably have several houses. So what I saw a lot on Twitter were people saying Yeah, I know he was out there for a month and was like, oh, I don't want to be out here. Let me go and make this work with with my wife because you don't want to be out here in these dating streets. And what I found interesting about that conversation was there's more choice in life to stay in an unsatisfying relationship or date. You can do neither. (laughs) So essentially what the Twitter universe was saying was I would do anything within the realm of reason. And that realm of reason is quite broad to not be with me. And I simultaneously will spend my life looking for someone to be with me who I cannot be with. So I think you're very right. I I say the framework for the framing for for marriage of women is this carrot that you should spend your life chasing from a man. Here, I got a ring. No, I don't. Here, I got a ring. No, I don't. You want a ring? No, you can't have it. But underneath that is a very real reality that to be unmarried means to have an extended adolescence where you have nothing. You have no one. And the reality for me and all of the women who I consider my really good friends who often just happen to be single, not some because they they choose to be, some because of circumstance. They've never been presented with an option where it was worth it. The reality for many people who are not married is we are not alone. Some of us may be alone romantically, some of us may have several arrangements. (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) Just because they don't result in a ring from one dude does not mean that we are even romantically alone. We may not be married, we may not be partnered in the way that we think of partner, but it doesn't mean we are romantically alone. And even those of us who may go through long stretches of being romantically alone, I always say, I didn't come into this world some alien board. I have a whole ass family. I have friendship networks. I have a faith community. I'm a practicing Buddhist, and I'm very actively involved in my Buddhist organization, the SGI. I literally, if I did not create boundaries, every day of my week could be spent with people doing something meaningful. But I think in many people's heads, and I think for many women who end up getting married, sometimes to men who are not the best match for them, in their head, there is this vision of what it means not to be partnered. And that vision in their head creates a sense of fear and unworthiness. And because popular culture and mainstream media has never really shown us really what it looks like to be alone in the way that's satisfying but we have a plethora of media to show us what even being sort of happily married mm-hmm. looks like
0: mm-hmm. every
1: single women friend show is really not about single women it's about women biding time with their home girls having brunch until the one comes along so we never see what it looks like to be a 46 year old woman who needs a pretty good reason to have some man living in her house every day. It has to have a very compelling reason to do that. And enjoys the company of men. But would prefer not to be legally bound to one until death or divorce ended the union. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what that woman's life looks like. Mm-hmm. Because all we always see are either women who said they wanted it. But then by the middle of the um, movie... The magical penis comes in and she's realizing she was wrong all along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or we see a bunch of single women who are having their brunch, going on their trips, and there's always these agonized and these anguished looks for the one. And then they all get the one. And they still get to be friends. But clearly, they were ladies-in-waiting. And the whole series is us watching them wait (laughs) while drinking mimosas.
0: I like that you said that because I think... um Again, uh, just re- I was reading something online the other day, and they were talking about the capture when it comes to social media, what social media has done. Social media has literally created this infrastructure where people believe that if I'm alone, I'm not worthy enough if I'm alone, I can't, I'm not cool. Um, I'm not going to be able to go out or I can't have fun and I can't do this because I need to go with somebody. I need to go out and, you know, and bring somebody with me. Even if I'm going to go online and find somebody and pay them for that night, because I'm going out to this dinner with my friends, I need to do that. So I think for me, it's like social media, the entire social media, all of them, all these little things, they have created this space where people are literally living these fake lives because they want to meet up to these expectations of people
1: who really don't care about them. <laughs> or and I think, I think also sort of creating fictive, basically the, ver- the, the these lives of these influences or whatever. I heard yesterday that there's a, apparently a motherhood influencer Instagram like baby Instagram where you make all these wonderful images of you and your baby and how wonderful it is being mother I think what what it, what I what, what I look at it look at it as is they are the social media versions of reality TV shows so you mm-hmm. take the idyllic version of what it means to do adulthood well having a good job looking fly being able to afford the niceties, of working on somebody's plantation, you know, nice house, a nice car, whatever, and having the, the nuclear family, et cetera, et cetera. So, and you basically create all of these scripted realities around this fictive life of adulthood, right? And so I think what a lot, a lot of social media people who have certain brands do is create this, this, this narrative because their whole brand and their whole mission is to sort of s- to spread this message. And it just mm-hmm. becomes this thing where, for me, it sometimes feels like, is this really you're just sharing your life? Or, or are you basically like Portia on Real Housewives of Atlanta? Like, it's a version of your life? But kind of not. <laughs> like, you know, it's your job. Like, it's sort of like the modern day soap operas, except it's with real people. Yeah. Like, it's a job to sort of create this idea of what it means to have a blended family or what it means mm-hmm. to have go through a divorce and try to co parent. And while it can cause some meaningful conversation out there in the real world, most of all, it's just like, but at least with Young and the Restless, we knew that was all fiction and extra crazy. But you kind mm-hmm. of playing like it's not, but it is. <laughs> I know. And since you're saying that,
0: I think I want us to go into this space where, you know, I have come to the place where I feel it's like everybody have options and we have given, we, we've we been blessed to be part of this world. We've been blessed to participate in this world and we have options. And I really want to talk about the fact where I think guys, I think there are guys who even fall in this space but when the guys say, you know, it's my option, and I chose not to be married. And I don't want to be married. And that's like, oh you something's wrong with you? Well, the first thing everybody runs on is a guy is or oh, he's probably gay. That's oh,
1: yeah, the first
0: Yeah, for that's a guy. What? That's yeah, that's the like, if you, if I know multiple guys who have said that, and the first one said, oh, is he gay? I'm like, but if he's gay, it still doesn't
1: make I, I just thought they wouldn't mean to go through, you must be a player, and you, you're in. Oh, in the yeah, like, that's
0: the first thing they would say. would be like, oh, something wrong with you. I'm like, why can this person make a choice? And so now I want to say with women, why is it that it's so hard for, for it to be okay for a woman to make a choice of, having kids or not having kids or getting married why is it that society is so hung on this thing of you have to follow these rules you have to get married and have kids and you have to do all these things in order for you to be a real woman
1: listen the world has benefited and has flourished the entire world over the free labor of women since time mm. without beginning so essentially if we allow women to feel no guilt and no shame by choosing not to give us their free labor. And if you want to be able to tie a woman to a community, to a household, to a society, you first of all have her have children. Because once she becomes responsible for children, because again, I've, I've lived all, um, in three different countries at this point and traveled all around the world. I have yet to see one of these marriages where fathers are as exhausted as mothers. I have yet to see a marriage where there truly is egalitarian division of duties when it comes to managing a household. It's always the woman, whether she works at home or not, who seems to, run the engine of running the whole house. So if you have a woman who is tied to a child, she's going to make certain decisions that are, in, are not in her personal best interest for the best interest of this child.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: you tie her then to a, a man, there's a whole body of research that continually says that men benefit Act much more from the life of a marriage than women do because women are often again making these choices to make a man's life easier, to help him thrive. I think the term is build a man up or whatever they call it. So if you, if we become a world where women truly do not feel obligated to be in service to us, well what's going to happen to our communities? We going to expect them to do shit? Oh absolutely Not. Absolutely not. We we can't just have a world full of women who have the agency, their sexual agency, to give it out when they want it and how they want it, without worrying about if they will be perceived a certain way to get a ring. Because if you don't want a ring, then you can you you just do whatever you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I can't dangle this carrot of a ring in front of you when you 20, 30, or forty and beyond, then what what's going what's going to tie you to me? So if you start telling me things about what's not working with our relationship and I ain't got this ring to dangle in front of you you can just leave whenever you feel like it. Mm. I don't have a kid here you who you have to consider to, to deal with me in this relationship so you can just leave whenever you feel like it. And who and how will we get your labor? How will we get your free labor if we don't tie you to these things? So I essentially think that the reason why it's often harder for women to make this choice, or there's there's often more pressure. Is because the world has benefited off the backs of women who are tied to community through children and husbands.
0: And so I see people commenting. So I'm just going to tell them this: We are not against marriage. We what want you to get married and have great babies. You want to fool the house with the children. That's good. You walk down the aisle 25 times. It is on to you. We are just talking to people. People, I want- the choice. To not get married, so that's what you're I want.
1: I want for every woman the life I have for myself, a life that is tailor fit for her, where exactly. she can look in the mirror and say it is well with my soul. If you got five kids and a husband, and you can sing that hymn every morning, because <laughs> I know when I look in the mirror, I'm singing it, and I do not want nobody's husband, and I don't want nobody's, nobody's kids. That's all I'm saying. And that's
0: important because I think the the main important thing is you have created a life that is tailored for you. And my okay. life that I created for me cannot work for you. So I am okay with myself. I have found my wholeness and I'm okay with me. I love to hang out with me. I love to do things with me. And there is this thing where they say if you don't love yourself, how are you gonna love somebody else? And the only way somebody well, can, how love
1: you can give somebody else to love you. That's what kills Exactly you love yourself. Thank yeah. you and the mere thought of being with you, but you expect somebody else to be. Like, how that's going to happen? How
0: that- I saw that on, um, I saw that on uh, um, Instagram the other day, and the quote was, if you can't marry yourself, why do you expect somebody else to marry you? Why? Because you don't. You can't even stand yourself. Why do you want to put somebody else in that drama? But anyway, yeah, so to the commenters, we want to put that out there. We are not against it. We're just talking about people who have made the choice to not. And we also need to respect that because guess what that's them that is their body that is their life so let's go to the great article on Marriage and on barter black women who
1: prefer anonymity over marriage why why that article i wrote article because i think as a woman who has known since she was a young woman that her life would probably be one where she was, I feel like I'm single at heart. I enjoy my own space, my own company. And while I have been in love and I have been in relationships, I never dreamed about being a wife and having a, a, a marriage. And my whole entire womanhood, I'm 46 now, I kept encountering in conversations with, with, with friends Of course, in media and in the conversations and discussion around singleness and marriage, I kept encountering this narrative. Either it was, oh, the sky is falling and crumbling because these middle class educated black women are not being partnered. And a derivative derivative of that was all of these black women who were saying how they're trying to make peace with it. Like, I wanted Boaz, and maybe he won't come in the shape that I thought he was. I'm trying to enjoy my life now. Or I wanted Boaz, and I'm beginning to see my life is not so bad. What I didn't see were women. I didn't see enough of women who, who literally said, I don't, I don't want a Boaz. I prefer a life where I have control over my decisions, both financial, um, employment-wise, emotional. I have control over my life, and I am basically the protagonist of my life. And I don't sit up at night on the cusp of 40, panicked. I wanted to see women who, even if the terms of marriage were more agreeable to an educated w- a woman, just is single at heart, doesn't see it as something, as a structure that works for her. And I knew those women were out there because one of my book, I had had many many author talks where women, both married and single, said, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And I don't understand why there aren't more stories like this. So when I wrote the article, it was to sort of further that conversation after having discussions with women um, when my book came out. Where I was like, so I'm not crazy. This is not just me sitting in my in, in my little in my apartment thinking up these ideas that there are many black women who don't feel like it's a loss. Like some of them are not against it. If they were presented with the right opportunity, they might take it. And some are just like I've been presented with the right opportunity several times and still didn't take it, which is why I came to the conclusion I don't want it. You know, and I wanted to see what was the thinking behind. Black women, because one of the women who I her who I in that article is 63. Mm-hmm. And she says, yes, I didn't regret it in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And I, I don't regret it. And she says that she encountered instances where she knew if she married, she would have to give up a certain level of her autonomy and independence because as a good wife, what makes you a good wife is your willingness to sacrifice your independence or compromise for the betterment of your marriage. I'm not sure if that's the same applies to good husbands, but But I I wanted to bring that to you because I'm trying to say,
0: is it a good wife based on society standards or is it a good wife based on what she
1: will create in her marriage? I think, I think that, that, that boundary can get blurred because we don't exist in a vacuum. I think we exist in a society and Mm -hmm. we may go into a marriage with certain intentions. We may even have many conversations with our intended about the type of marriage we want, and yeah. then we go off in a world and we live our marriages, and we end up making certain choices without being conscious of it. That 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 fall in line with societal structures. Um, so I, I think it's it's very difficult to say is it more because society told you or this is what you want? I think that's not how any choices work. I think in a world where you are not isolated from the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. So I want I wanted to be able to highlight that this was not something that I jumped up in my head. That there are yeah. Yeah, there, a, yeah. a, a significant, significant, significant number of single black women specifically who it is a, cho- a choice. It is not because there aren't enough educated black men. It's not because patriarchy. It's because if all those things were gone, I probably would still not want this institution. It doesn't work for me. And I'm content with that. And so looking at the,
0: looking at, um, I give you having conversations with people. Have you noticed any switch when it comes to people who discover, um, loving themselves or self, because you know, sometimes people conflict self care with being selfish. And I think when you get, when you self love, you do self care. And so have Mm -hmm. you noticed this switch where is it okay to realize that younger or older what have you seen any difference in people who realize that
1: i i can say because mm-hmm. i i mentor um, young women in their 20s again through my, my faith organization book of guy international i can say when i encounter young women in their 20s And I try to give them guidance without projecting myself onto them. I try really hard not to tell them what to do in any situation, but to guide them through their own thinking. I am clear on a young woman who has bought into the conditioning that no matter what you do, if you do not consider proximity to a male, you have done nothing. Hmm. So a young woman who's, who has is further to buy into that condition, I'm worried about her because I will see her and I have seen young women allow themselves to be exposed to a ridiculous manner of emotional and spiritual violence for that proximity. A lot of women, just like most adults, it takes you a while to go through the whole young adulthood, to have experiences, to figure out what you truly believe as opposed to what your, what your parents sort of taught you and what you thought was right because of your little small world in high school mm-hmm. it takes I think a lot of women 20s and 30s maybe mid to late 30s to really understand I am my best thing right mm-hmm. I just know and I, I don't know if I answered your question but I just know the earlier a woman can unpack and reject the conditioning that we don't, we aren't honest about is rampant mm. throughout all strata of society. The earlier she can unpack and examine and reject that conditioning, the better off she will be. Mm. And the less violence she will allow herself to experience mm-hmm. because. And you,
0: oh yeah, you definitely answered the question because I think, so I was having a conversation a couple of days ago with some friends and this came up in a sense where we, you know, we all, you all grown, you evolved, you make made mistakes. And so you wish the space in your life where it's like, you know what? I am not going to give anyone the ability to tap into my emotional space. Mm-hmm. So at this space where I'm in, I'm not saying, and I think that's where a lot of people get this. Like, oh, oh, well, then sure she don't want to get married. She don't want to, No, and I think as a person, what they're saying is like, no, I'm fine if I find somebody, and if this is going to work, it's going to work. But I'm not gonna give anybody the opportunity to mess with my emotions. So I'm gonna guard my emotions to make sure that hey, if you are coming in, you are coming in. If this is going to work for us. If it's a situation, it's going to be a situation. And both of us are going to decide if we want to take it to another level. And that's what I want to talk about because I feel it's like the way society and culture created stuff is we are so, I've seen, you know, you see videos and stuff like that where you see women who do go and propose. We bad, bad mouth them. Everybody got something to sell that. Okay, why is it it should be led by a man? But what happens if both of them are in a relationship and she feels that it's the time she go ahead and do what she needs to do and he feels it's the time go what he needs to do. So I want to ask you, I don't know if you ever thought about this. I really sat down and thought about this. Why can't both parties come together and say, hey, we've been together for this so much. You know, we've been together for three years. We think it's great. Let's get married. Instead of one person Surprising you and all that kind of so what happens if I'm not because I always say this. What happens if the other person is not ready?
1: And that's a good question. I I, I, I do think um, I, I wish more more people and I can't say this in the general sense because who knows what's happening before someone proposes. I always yeah. say I don't have I don't do relationship goes on random couples because no one knows what's happening in that relationship except those two people. Mm -hmm. So I think in general, I'm going to assume that couples are having these discussions, but the whole big public um, dramatic proposal is again, again, another, another of social media, like everything has to be, you know, staged and and made a big deal. Um, I, I, what, what I often say is, Western culture, particularly I'm going to speak specifically to American culture, since that is my area of expertise, having been American for forty six years, um, I often think West American culture approaches marriage in a way that explains why so many of us fail at it. So there is an over reliance on romantic love as a driving force for why we should be married. And here's what I know about love: having been in love multiple times. And in some really intense life even more times. Romantic love is fickle as hell. Mm -hmm. It is fickle as hell. So if you are going to sign this legal document called a wedding certificate, a marriage certificate, Mm -hmm. and you don't approach it in a similar fashion as when you sign your employment contract, then you are probably setting yourself up for either a very difficult and tumultuous marriage or one that won't work because I think it's an institution for a reason and although and here in the west and many other cultures we've decided that we want married people to be in love that that is a good base and I agree it is a good base romantic love is a good base I would consider a marriage if I were not in love with the man who was asking me but I, I think A lot of cultures tend to have made this institution work longer, especially in modern society, because it's approached with more reason and not just, I love you, and therefore I want to sign this document. So I, I, I think most people would be wise. The whole proposal thing, I am one of those people who I don't feel it's some sort of feminist win for a woman to propose because, again, the way marriage is framed The man holds his carrot. Mm -hmm. So basically, women proposing on these IG and Twitter and TikTok things. So now he ain't got to put a carrot in front of your face. You got to go and actually bring your own carrot. (laughs) What I would find revolutionary is if the man still got down on one knee and confessed his love, and the woman said to him, I love you as well. And I also have some questions. That's what I would find revolutionary
0: and so talking about i've seen this video where the girl actually said no where the guy do he staged this whole big thing and she said no she said i don't think you're ready and i'm not ready and (laughs) so and of course everybody gets upset with her and tickle in her oh as for her parents her mom is like Having a whole faith, right? It's like, you know, I think it's the mother.
1: You got the boy. Yeah,
0: it's the mother. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with you? You're older. You're supposed to get married. And the girl's like, no. I've been dating this guy for a couple of years. And I know him. And remember, if I'm going to get married to him, I'm going to be in this alone. You guys aren't going to be there. It's going to be me and him. So I am not going to go into this knowing that there are issues that needs to be Handled before we go down this road. And so in the article, you talk, there is a some I don't know if it was just a little section, where there's some sort of like financial, I don't, I, I don't want to say financial freedom, but there are some subs that sort of focus on finances and things that women want to do. And so, you know, they, um, it's not being selfish. It's a fact where it's like, look, I just, I don't want to back control of my finances. No. I will yeah,
1: go, I won't get up and travel and go. I ain't got to tell nobody where I'm going when I'm coming back. In these United States, Uh up until the year 1975, women could not get a credit card without a husband's signature. That was the year I was born, 1975. Women could not get mortgages. They could be employed. And as fact, especially black women, had no choice but to, to, to go out and get day work because of racism and black men being left out of the whole economic structure. But literally, you couldn't live an adult life. Before the 60s and 70s as a woman. Mm -hmm. Why in the name of all that is reason. When I can literally live the life of an adult. Why would the benefit of having you as a second income. Which is not a bad thing. But if that is essentially all I'm getting. From the, the practical portion of it. And I can get that for myself. Again, you need a very compelling reason to present to me to legally bind myself to you in the duties of a wife that makes it worth my while. And your second income is nice, but I have spent 46 years living a life I find absolute joy in. Where it's not perfect and I can't get anything I want, but I literally just spent two months in two other countries. I'll be going to another country next week. I own my own home. I have a retirement plan. I help my nieces and nephews with some of their goals because I feel like your parents have raised you. Don't go there for money coming. So I have all of that, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that, and there are many women for whom this is not an issue, but again, as a person who is single by, by, by heart, the idea that it should be a prize for me to financially hold over, to hand over my financial life to someone else, is ridiculous. And I understand that not all marriages are men saying, oh, "I'm in control." I think, from what I see, an outside of Jarred people's marriages, that is very unlikely. I see a lot of marriages where there are men and women who are having conversations about it, and my friends generally seem happy in their choices but a fr- an old woman told me this story the other day she said that she discovered in the middle of the pandemic that she was about to lose her house Jesus Christ because her husband who's a good man who she loves something happened and he just wasn't paying the property taxes when it was his job and having his job for a while something happened where she just happened to open the mail one day randomly and it was like so we're starting foreclosure tomorrow Jesus. So, so she went and talked to him like, uh, what is this? She didn't go into specifics because, again, if you're going to keep a marriage for 20 years, you probably going to keep it by not telling people all your business. She didn't yeah. go into specifics, but she explained to me that he literally apologized. She was so upset and there were things going on and it kept getting out of hand and he didn't want to tell her and whatever, whatever. So she solved it. They had the money. She had to pay extra fees because of the lateness. So they solved it. And so while she's telling me this story, I'm thinking to myself, and this is what I'm talking about. Again, I'm sure that there were five or 10 times more positive things that that man has done for her financially, emotionally, spiritually than this one thing. He's a human being above every, all of us. Exactly. Right? I'm sure that there are many amazing stories. She's been married for over 20 years for a reason, but I'm thinking this is again why I prefer to have ultimate autonomy and control over my finances. One of the women I mentioned, I, who I wrote about in their article, said she married out of fear. Mm. And she divorced her husband because she essentially discovered, I don't like this institution construct. And they're still friends. And he agrees with her when she says that even in modern marriages, the system outside of a marriage is set up To, as much as possible, keep women financially tied to men. To keep them burdened by that, she would not have married her husband if she weren't in a financially rough place. She loved him, but a lot of that marriage happened out of fear. I have had women tell me, I grew up in the church, and I also spent my early 20s and 30s struggling financially. Once I left the church, and left the dogma of the church... And sort of claimed either atheism or agnosticism. And once I found a good job and started finding investment opportunities, I never searched for and agonized and thought about the benefits of marriage again. So, and I,
0: I liked what you said because I feel it's like, and I would just put it in the church or society or whatever. There was this pressure these are these things that they expect you to do so like we talked about a good wife these are things that you're supposed to do so you're supposed to be a great wife you're supposed to have these kids you're supposed to take care of the home you're supposed to do this and what we have seen and what i have seen is people lose themselves you have these women who lose themselves and then this is where the big one happens when there is a divorce and then you see the woman she's totally different and you're like okay Is that the same person? And be like, yeah, you could tell that. So I think I like what you said because I feel it's like, why go into something, be in it, depriving yourself from certain things that you want to uh, basically stop your existence? Because you want to prove a point to these people that this thing is what I want, knowing that this is not what you want. So how can we get to the place uh, for young women who are watching you, who will read your book that you can talk about? How can they get to a place to realize that, look, this is not the end of the road. You can be your whole self. You can do whatever you want to do in this life. You are as equal as a man is. So if you decide you want to do this, you can do it. So I don't know for girls who are, you know, they're under pressure with all these things and life and
1: social media. What can you say to them? I would say to these young women, center yourself in every single decision you make. Your mama gave birth to you, but your mama is not you. Mm-hmm. They probably really, do, probably really does love you and want the best for you but they ain't you and one of the things that people are good at doing especially people who love you one of the things people who love you are good at doing is convincing you that their anxiety their personal agenda is really about your best interest Mm -hmm. because if you say to these people i'm actually perfectly fine I'm. I i do not have a perfect life, but I'm happy with, with my day to day experiences. Um, I'm enjoying being able to figure out this life thing on my own, and you know I don't even know if I really want to be a mother. I don't even really know if I want to have to have a marriage. I don't even know if I want to go down this very traditional route of a traditional job. I, but I'm good. If you say that, and people question you, they are trying to bully you, and I don't mean just a simply girl you show. Sure? Because they want these things, right? Because it's hard to live outside of your perspective. So just a simple girl, are you show sure? is not necessarily bullying. But if you're repeatedly called on to explain the words that came out your mouth that formed in your head, them ain't your people. They could be your cousin and it could be your mama, they could be your boyfriend who you feel is your rock. If they are repeatedly questioning you the person who knows and owns your brain who has lived your every single experience up to this moment they're repeatedly questioning you they are trying to bully you even if they don't realize that's what they're doing even if they don't use those words so i would encourage young women to develop a sense of self where they listen for their voice And they allow themselves to hear what their voice sounds like because there will be so many people who truly do love them. Who will be screaming for the explicit purpose to drown out their voice. People project all the time. When they ask you, I would think that's in your best interest. What they're saying is, I don't know if I would do that well. And furthermore, what some old women are saying is, how dare you? how dare you be a different type of woman that I didn't know was an option? Mm -hmm. That's what someone's say, And they will never admit that, right? So truly focus on centering yourself and being able to identify what is your voice and what is your true desire as opposed to what your mama, your pastor, your friends, your your babe, what is their voice? And then maybe sometimes those voices match. It may be that sometimes what your mama and your bae and your friends want is exactly what you want. But ain't nobody going to live your life but you. And when you make mistakes that you regret, ain't nobody going to help you fix those mistakes but you. So some
0: people will say that it's out of fear. or It's out of fear and you're afraid to take a risk. And so that's when I step in and say if I'm a Christian God has said He ordained my steps why is it that I'm going to jump in the fire knowing that the oil is hot people that' out of fear and they want to this it's like oh she's afraid but I'm gonna like, well
1: why should, she do? why should she do that listen, fear is a thing and yes there are some women who don't get married because they're afraid and there are women who get married because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. There are women who don't have children because they're afraid. And there are many women who have children because they're afraid. Fear is a thing. And I would ask that person who is going to fear, how come your immediate go-to is you are afraid? Here's what I say. People love traveling to Europe, right? Mm -hmm. I'm indifferent about Europe. I've traveled to about 16 African countries. I travel a lot in Southeast Asia. If I were to say I'm not just interested in going to Italy. Would your immediate go to, oh, you must be afraid. <laughs> I have seen the pictures of my friends in Italy. They look having a great time, wonderful. I have gone to Bali. No one questions my simply looking at this choice of going to Europe and saying, it's not really for me. I'm going to go to Bali instead. No one questions that. No one assigns fear, bitterness, a brokenness to that choice. When I say the same thing, I look at the construct, and I've seen what it means to be married, and I'm clear that there there are like a million laws, tax laws that privilege the married. I know what the benefits are, people. I know I know the tax codes. I can do math. One plus two incomes, bada boo, bada bing. That's more money, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. I look at the constructs. I have seen marriages play out again from an outsider's view. And I'm clear, it's not a great option for me. I'm even saying that you can convince me. If you want to do marriage the way I want to do it, we can talk. But people tell me the way I want to do marriage sounds a lot like being a single woman with a baby. So therefore... <laughs> <laughs> and <by laughs> it's interesting to me that that's the immediate go-to you are dismissive you are you hate men you are bitter you are afraid but yet no one questions women who are dreaming of their weddings in sixth grade like for why no one questions that she could make it a- so wild for me when someone said,
0: Oh, I, I, I knew about my wedding since I was 10 years when I'm like, At 10? Why I
1: why? I was why? Dream- Listen, I was dreaming about living in New York when I was 10. Okay, fine. But why are you questioning me for looking at a construct and saying that's not going to work for me? I'm, I'm doubtful. And if someone offers it to me, I can have a conversation about how I want to do it. And then I might consider it. For- it doesn't look like for me, and immediately it says she's afraid. Mm-hmm. Fear is a thing. People make choices on based on fear all the time. Okay, yes, yeah. <laughs> there are some women who don't get married because of fear, and there are many women who get married because of fear. So, what's your what's your parent?
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> what is your parent?
0: So let me. So I. Somebody posted this. One of my friends posted this and said, "You know, women who say that they don't want to get married or they don't want to remarry because they were hurting, they were bitter." And she said they were bitter. It was some poor female, and of course, that's when I jump in. So I hate when I see another female trying to say negative things about. I'm like, I jump in and I said, "Why can't it be okay that a woman don't want to get married? Why can't it be okay?"
1: Europe, I- and they saw how much the pound was. They tasted the nasty food and they decided, oh yeah, this place sucks. So essentially, they got married and they saw what that meant for a woman and they decided this no. sucks.
0: And I told her, I said, that's you. That is what you want. That is your. That is the end of your rope. With you get married and you do these things, that is the end of your rope. I said, but some people that is not the end of their rope. That is not the highest peak that they can go. Some women, their their thing is to obtain a doctorate degree, um, be tenured as a professor, um, uh, be a judge. They can get married. They can have kids. That don't mean nothing to them. The highest peak for them would be something else. So you have to, I think it's relative. You choose what you want to be and how you want to get in, that's good. And so I think we had a back and forth text message, and at the end of this, she said, Okay, I get you. And I told her, I said, No, the conversation is going to continue when we we'll see face to face.
1: Because no. that's what I thought, like, well, oh, no, I.
0: More. I got some more because I I I we need to say talk. Well, because now make me think I want to have a conversation with you I want to know where your headspace is why are you thinking for God for me I said why are you thinking so little of yourself why you feel why do you feel that having a partner or having somebody with you is the best thing that can happen to you
1: or why is that construct why isn't this the only way in the year of our Lord 2022 why is this the only way to have a romantic partner in your life? You should not be alone. This is not a this is not a kind world. But why is your thinking that if I do not not have a ring and a husband in my house, then I am I cannot I can I'm alone? Why is that why is that the only construct for what it means to have a community, someone in your life? Like, what, why is that the only construct in the year of our Lord? Like I said, they're conditioned. I think I've seen, I don't know, there.
0: Are, I've read about this couple where they have separate homes. They're, they're together. That was my
1: first requirement. If you come ask me to marry you, will have you have separate
0: homes. are like you know, somebody else. There's a time when it can be, but at the end of the night, somebody got to go to somewhere because, mm and, and it works for them. And I'm like, create like you said tailor make yours let it work for you because I've oh I heard that there is no marriage that is one size fit all everybody's marriage is different so you create yours
1: and more yeah. it not to more about it which is why we don't think that there are many different ways to do a marriage yeah I mean, you, normal, know. you don't talk about your damn marriage everybody yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I know
0: you have a book that we want to talk about that people can buy, where they can go, and all that cool stuff to get a book. And just tell us a little bit about the book.
1: Well, the book is called No thanks and it's a collection of personal essays. And I'm essentially talking about saying no thanks to three things. First, as we talked about here, um, children. I've been affirmed no on children since I was a child. And in addition to that, an indifference that is grown with marriage. No thanks to the Christian church and its construct of God. And no thanks to the United States of America. So it's about my experience traveling around the world. Also being in this body with this ideology as a black woman. And sort of what that looks like in a perception of me um, throughout the world. So it was essentially, it's funny you you asked me about younger women. Because in the the, the preface, I, I actually am honest and say I wrote this book for myself when I was a young woman because I needed to read it and I didn't know I needed to read it so I wrote a book about what it means to choose yourself to have a strong sense of self and to be unapologetic about it and how I had no idea that was a huge thing <laughs> that would cause me so much explanations so much you were afraid you're bitter you're selfish I had no idea as a young woman that this would be the recurring narrative I'd have to explain to people throughout my life Um, So it can be purchased at wherever books are sold. Most people do online now. So it is available on Amazon. I would humbly ask that you go to Bookshop to buy it because it helps independent bookstores. But if Amazon is easier, go right ahead. (laughs) And it's called No Thanks. No Thanks. Black. Black. Female and living in the martyr-free zone. Those who are watching, those who will
0: be watching, those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, this was Ketura Kendrick. Um, it was an amazing conversation. I think this conversation needs to continue. I will say continue continue with like a focus group and a whole thing. I think this is good. I think this conversation is good. Um, so... Definitely, 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 definitely. I think this is good. Um, I have some friends down over here. We're probably going to work something out to get to see what we can do, but we need to focus. focus.
1: Oh, it was great talking yes. to you. And I, I think yeah. you're doing, I think you're doing very important work. Like I said, when you asked me to be on the show, I went back and looked at some episodes and I think you're doing very important work and having very important conversations. And, um, I thank you for the work that you're doing and I would love to work with you and your crew even further. So I think it's important work that you're doing. We appreciate you. We say thank you. This
0: is what I tell people. You will not believe how 60, 60 Minutes ends real quick, but we are actually done. <laughs> so, uh, so Ms. Kendrick, she's on Instagram. She has a website. I can see Yeah everywhere you guys and go and find her follower um go to get the book get the book i tell you guys get the book and then this is what we're going to do people when you guys get the book then we're going to do a book club we're going to discuss the book then we're going to do a focus group about the book y'all already know me that's what i do i, be I have
1: and get people involved <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed you are a stalker but that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah that's what I do I'm like find people I'm
0: like I'm gonna find you like where you at let's go website
1: stop shaming stalkers not all this
0: bad no no I'm like okay if I'm like this is knowledge what are you guys doing this is knowledge just get this knowledge so for me it's like my light bulb goes up when I see something oh okay because for me I think it's always because I have these conversations in my head and so when I see somebody who I'm like Oh, okay. So I'm not crazy. There's, there is other people having these conversations. So that's why, why I want to say thank you so much for honoring the invitation. Thank you for being here. Thank and Um Ketura is about to leave us, but we hope to see her again. Bye. Bye. Have an amazing, amazing, and enjoy your trip because I know you, you're about to go again. Yeah. Bye. To take right. work as much as possible okay, okay bye <laughs> well guys i told you this was the conversation outspoken opinion Native who had miss um ketua kendrick on married and unbothered, like she says she has a book go to her website ketua kendrick.com um, she's on facebook she's on instagram she's also on twitter go out, like, guys get knowledge get information No, no i think self-love is important go read that book um just just Educate yourself. And so this was the Conversation Outspoken Opinionated. I am your host, of course, Edwin Meyer. If you're not following us, we ask you to go to Spotify Podcast, The Conversation I Spoken Opinionated. Go to Apple Podcast, The Conversation Outspoken Opinionated. Of course, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and then we are on YouTube. So you guys have an amazing Thursday, and I see you guys next week with another great conversation. Get ready. This is going to be Black Women in Academia with a professor who traveled, who In um, the States and other countries in Africa as well And let's really talk about Black women in academia So you guys have an amazing Thursday And I see you next week